if you join me again in the gospel according to John, the 12th chapter, we will be here for the next two Sundays as we are preparing to celebrate our Passion Week. Our Passion Week, for those who are not familiar, is that nightly we come together to meditate and to reflect on Jesus' journey to the cross. So Palm Sunday initiates the celebration of him entering into Jerusalem. And then from that Monday to that Friday, we reflect his days in Jerusalem leading to the Passover, leading to his passion, leading to his suffering on the cross for our sins. And then we celebrate and Worship him and magnify him on Resurrection Sunday to celebrate. He rose again from the grave on the third day with all glory and all power and all majesty. And and in that time frame, we're going to deal with about worshiping our Lord. I want us to get in the time as many of you have been participating in the fasting uh, that we've been going and it's helped you draw deeper into that space of presence in God and we want to just further build upon that and just adore him and worship him and so when we look at John the 12th chapter we're going to be looking here at verses 1 through 11 then if you look in your Bible you see the 12th chapter picks up his triumphant entry that's where we'll be uh, next uh, Sunday but we're in the 12th chapter and if you know this is the 12th chapter many of you know the 11th chapter because that's where Lazarus was risen from the dead a lot of us know the 11th chapter because some of us that's the only Bible verse we know Jesus wept and so when we look at this text, we're going to highlight how we ought to bow down in worship. Help me minister to your neighbor, tell them, bow down in worship. See, worship is about giving God worth and exalting his name. Worship basically is involving that we say, God, you are worth more and I am worth less. Not saying we are worthless, but we're saying he's worth more, and therefore I am worth less. Yeah, follow that here. So we magnify him, we lift him up, we exalt him and put him in the proper place in our life because how great he is, how magnificent and how awesome he is, and then it reminds us how small we are and how we are dependent on him and we can't make it without him. And then it moves us into a place of praise when we start thanking God for how he brought us a mighty long way because how his grace it was his mercy, it was his peace, it, it was his everlasting love that allowed us to make it. No matter how many mistakes we have done, how many wrong turns we have made, no matter how many times we've messed it up and God has fixed it up, we thank him, we praise him, we bless him for who he is. And, and so when we get into this presence of, of worship, I want us to, to worship God in, in humility and as we worship in, him, in humility, we will also serve him in humility. And serving is, is what we do outside of these doors. We, we can't say we love God and we only serve him one day out the week. Uh, we must serve him 24-7. 
serve him in the morning, serve him in the noonday, serve him in the evening, serve him even at that midnight hour. I'm so glad that God never sleeps nor slumber. And so he allows us to sleep. Hallelujah. Praise him for that. But when you wake up, you ought to bless him. Say, Lord, let us try it again to give you glory. And so when we look at this text, uh, John, the 12th chapter, you're with me there? If you got the Bible app, you can open up, you see it right there. You can see uh, the sermon points with the live event in the Bible app. You see here that we're going to spend some time here. It says six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. I want to give us the setting here uh, because some of you might be familiar that uh, Matthew and Mark also have an account of Jesus being in Bethany and then him being anointed with oil or perfume. Some have him being on the head and some have it being on the feet, as we see it here in John on the feet. But some suggest, some suggest that the story got mixed up with the woman who came with tears and wiped her, her hair with the feet. I'm saying all that for you to grab here that the place is not clear here, but you know he's in Bethany. Some say he's in Simon the leper's house where it happens, but yet we know the citizen is in Bethany. Saying all of that because he's in Bethany stopping by there before he goes into Jerusalem. And then it says that there's a dinner in Jesus' honor, which means that there's a lot of people there because of what Jesus has done. What has he done? You asked us some good questions this morning. Well, in the 11th chapter, you notice that he showed up when a man was dead for four days. I said four days. Didn't say for a second. Didn't say for a minute. Four days. That means that it could not have been we had a misreading. We couldn't find the pulse. No, he was dead. He was wrapped up, buried in the tomb, grave was closed. And he comes and says, Lazarus, come forth. Later on in that text, it says that the high priest and the Pharisees wanted to kill Jesus because of the work he did in Lazarus. Here, people are coming to know him because of Lazarus. Look what happens here. It says that, A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. See, Lazarus was at a place of elevation. He he was seated at the table. But let me help you paint the picture. He was not sitting in a chair. Uh, The way they eat back at that time was called reclining. And so one would lay on their side and probably be lifted up on their, propped up on their elbow and then eating with their hand and the feet going away from the table. And so, therefore, Lazarus was laying there next to Jesus, reclining at the table, eating with him with other esteemed and honored guests while everybody else was all around celebrating. And so here's how you can picture it then. So his feet are easily accessible. And it says that Martha served and Lazarus among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. And she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. 
See, worship honors Jesus. And what I want to highlight about what worship is, how we say bow down and worship, how did how does he get to his feet? She had to bow down. I want to highlight something here. I plan on words here. You may not notice it uh, because if you study the word, if you look up the word for worship in the original language, it basically says to bow down. So it's one and the same. So she's worshiping him because she's already in a position of worship. We need to learn how to live our life in a position of worship. When one bows down, it shows one to be in a sense of a, a position of humility and submission. She was humbling herself before Jesus, and look what she brought, something expensive, something valuable to give to him for what he has done for her. If you remember, she was crying at his feet in the earlier chapter because her brother was dead in the tomb, saying, if you were here earlier. Uh, my my brother would not have been dead, but 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 since you are here, uh, something might happen. Uh, and he's telling about how do you believe in the resurrection? He says, I, I know the day is going to come. You know that everybody's going to be rising. He says, No, no, no. I am the life. And the re- he said, you know, resurrection is here because I am here. And, and so maybe she got a sense of something, understanding that, oh, what he's been teaching, what he's been preaching is about to take forth right here. And she comes and anoints him in preparation. You can see this, because Christ alludes to that when he says that, you'll follow me down to verse 7. Y'all see that there? It says, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. And so possibly she, she understood what was going to come or maybe un, unaware what she was doing was honoring God. But yet notice her heart was in the right place. And her heart was worshiping Jesus. So, so look here. See, they, they prepared the dinner in his honor. They, they and were serving Jesus and others around Jesus. And Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, is at the table with Jesus. And, and then look what's happening here. What's going on? Lazarus, Jesus, and people. Why are the people there? Because what he did through Lazarus. They're honoring Jesus for what he did for Lazarus. They're honoring Jesus for what he's done for many people around the area. And they are serving him. Worship involves service. Help me tell you, neighbor, worship involves service. See, they were serving one another. That same word for service, where we get the word deacon, it means servant. Minister means servant. We are called to serve, not just look good, not just come and sing songs or clap our hands and go out and say, we sure enough serve God today by singing some awesome songs. When we realize that there's people we need to serve who need a meal, who need some clothes, who need a place to lay their head, we ought to worship God by how we serve one another. Jesus says, when I come back, you go back and look at Matthew 25, when I come back, I'm going to separate the sheep and the goats. The sheep are welcome into my kingdom. The goats are not. The sheep are the ones who serve. Tell you, neighbor, you got to serve. And so when we look like, all right, Lord, I, I can worship you. I can honor you by serving you. And so, therefore, how can I get in the position of service? It's the position of humility. Martha was serving Jesus as a guest. And she was, and, and notice that it didn't say it was her house. She just realized wherever he is, I got to serve. Uh, somebody, someone caught that. 
we need to realize no matter where we are, we ought to serve. Realizing that Jesus told, told us now through the word that I will be with you always until the end of the earth. So no matter what position, no what area, no matter what job, what place you live in, you can serve the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have a, a job in the church to serve God. Your mission field is your office, your home, your neighborhood, your volunteering services. Wherever you are, it's an opportunity for you to give glory unto God. You see, God gives us platforms. Sometimes we just want a larger crowd. You just didn't need to deal with the crowds you got because that's who God wants you to serve. Service is worship. And then I want to highlight something else about it here that worship is giving God our best. Our best involves sacrifice. I want to help you out. Your best means this. You may have a temperature and you may not feel well, but yet you still go to work. And you try to do your best job even when you're not feeling well. Well, then that's how you ought to serve God, that even when you don't feel good. When you're not at your best, you don't use that as an excuse to just lay at home and just do what you want. And Lord, how can I still honor you? And give you, I got a few amens. See, sometimes we allow how we feel to dictate whom we serve and how we serve. Let me help you out. God did not say, I love you when I feel like it. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He did not say, for God so loved the world, he gave to only the ones that feel good. The Bible goes on to say that to us in, in Romans says, while we were yet still sinners, he died for, while we were yet still enemies of the cross, he died. Why was that, God, that you still died for me uh, when I was rebelling against you, when I wasn't living for you, when I didn't care whether you died on the cross for me or not? Why did you die? He, the word will tell us because he loves us. So you think about this love he has for us that it draws us into his presence, that we ought to be in a position of humility, that we ought to bow down and worship him. And in this position should be lived out in our daily lives, how we communicate to other humility and submission. Do you see here that? She brought forth something very expensive. She brought her best. She could have said, you know what, I'm going to get that one I really don't like. I've got a little bit left, so I'll just give it to him. So I can just get rid of this. No, she went and got her best. Notice it says that it was a, a pound or 12 ounces. It's pointing out to you that it was filled. It wasn't like, I only got a few left, let me just get out of it. And, and let you know how much it was. It was so much, it said it filled the house. Mm. Think about how we should be blessed enough to know though how the presence of God can fill our house because how we serve him. I, I, I've been to houses and, and I bless houses with people and, they, and, and when, when I come to bless houses, I just follow the instructions of the family. I don't just assume they just want me to do something, but they say, we want you to go in every room. I said, praise the Lord, let us go. And we go, we pray in every room because, you know, 
you don't just walk up in people's houses, go into their master bedroom, and just go into the children's room without their permission. But that's how I bless the house. I want to be in every room. You want me to bless the house? I got to bless the house. Hello, somebody. And so when they give you the permission and we walk around, realize that we want God's presence to fill this place. May it be a place of refuge, a sanctuary, a place that you can come to always feel his sweet, sweet presence. Think about how many people have those signs at the house of God bless this house. But yet they don't bless God in the house. If you want God in the house, you ought to invite him in. Say, Lord, I want you in this room. I want you in this room. I want you everywhere I walk in this house. And then we go out into the neighborhood and say, Lord, bless the front yard. Bless the driveway. Bless the backyard. Bless where I'm going to be out here grilling, God. We want your presence. It says the fragrance filled out. We want God's presence to fill up. In Second Chronicles, it says that, when he dedicated the sanctuary, it said his presence filled the place. In Isaiah, it says that his, his glory filled the place. In Revelation, it says that we have no need for a sun or a moon because his light fills the place. You see, when God shows up, he fills the place. Oh, hallelujah. Have you ever been cold, but yet if you just think about God, you start to get warm? Because he feels the place. He comes and says, Lord, I, 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 all I have is this to anoint you with. And, and, and you know what? It doesn't say this in the text, so this is me just thinking about how she might have dropped her towel. She may have forgot the towel, but she realized I need something to wipe it up. My hair will do. I'll get close enough to, to wipe his hair. She might have had her hair covered, so she had to do some things just to get to her hair to remove her cover and get down. But you already know she's already in a position of humility. She's already broken the jar. And now she's wiping the feet. She's worshiping him and honoring him. There's two types of honoring happen. They're serving him a meal, and she's honoring him by anointing him before his death. Think about this. She's anointing him before his burial. This is a tradition that they do. Unbeknownst to her, she is anointing him prior to him uh, going in. And they're going to say, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. So she could be anointing him as king and they don't know it. But yet Jesus says, she's anointing me in preparation for my death. What I want to highlight is that she's worshiping him, not knowing her worship has implications in the future. I want to encourage you today to realize, don't get caught up about what's going to happen in the future. Worship him today. Serve him today, knowing God knows what's going to happen in the future. I want to encourage you to know that God already has it worked out, so you need to worry about it. Saying, Lord, here I am. Have your way and trust that God will work it out. Because guess what? He will. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. His love never fails. God has worked it out. 
to go ahead and worship him now. Bless him now. Thank him now. Thank you, Lord, because I don't know what tomorrow may hold, but I know who holds tomorrow. And God, if you say it, then it's going to come. And so I'm going to bless you right now like it already is. So worship to lead us to be humble before the Lord. He's worthy of the praise. And then another aspect of worship is too is, this, is that notice that it keeps on mentioning Lazarus. See, when we live out our worship, we also live out what God has done in us and what he's done through us. I, I want to highlight to you how this, this man Lazarus is important. He's important. Now pick up with me in the 12th chapter at verse 10. It says, then the leading priest described, this, this, I'm sorry, the, then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too. For it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. You see, God is pleased with Mary's actions because he has been worshiping. God blessed Lazarus. Now notice here, Lazarus did not ask to come back to life. God blessed him anyhow. And since God blessed him anyhow, Lazarus said, I'm going to stick with you, Jesus. And so Lazarus sitting at the table with Jesus. I'm, I'm highlighting this because look, look. Earlier in the 11th chapter, y'all still got your Bible open? If you got the Bible app, just hit the arrow back and go back to the 11th chapter. And look what it says this. I hear Bezos turning. Y'all, y'all get there, get there, get there. So in the 11th chapter, look down at verse 45. Many other people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and he told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priest and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do? They asked each other, this man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nations. Caiaphas, who was a high priest at the time, said, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. So verse 53, so from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to the place near the wilderness to the village of Ephraim and stayed there with his disciples. But also, do you know, because of what Lazarus has done, they wanted to kill Jesus. And then we picked it up right there. Now they also wanted to kill Lazarus because of what Jesus has done. Y'all grab here that they got angry because Jesus did something miraculous for someone who did not ask for it. And now they want to kill him because our Jesus has blessed him. Well, I want to encourage you that when you worship, it involves giving God your best. It involves a sacrifice, but also it involves you putting up with those who don't like what God's doing in your life. There's going to be people being upset because they see the position that you're in. Jealous because you're getting more attention than what they're getting. They're jealous because you are excelling and doing well and what you've been working hard to do. And so here it is that you can let them know that you don't need to be mad at me because God's been good to me. You can let them know. Don't be worried about me. Ask God what he got for you. 
And check this out. You'll be pleased with what he has for you. You think what I got is good, what he's got for you will be better? I wish I had one more witness here to understand. Now, God knows what's best for you, better than you know for yourself. You think you want what I got. Wait till he shows you what he has for you. So you ought to be like I've been doing. I've been spending my time praying in a position of humility, trusting in them. You, you see my glory now, but you don't know my story. Child, let me tell you, there's been some sleepless nights. Uh, there's been some hard days. Uh, there's been some times death has entered into my life. But once I found Jesus, uh, Jesus was able to take what was dead uh, and bring it back to life. Hello, Lazarus. I'm uh, so glad that he can speak life uh, in times where people try to bring forth death, uh, even when they're trying to Get your guesses. God will still say, I will be with you. Notice in the text, it said he stopped going, but he showed up at this moment and at this time, realizing that there's something greater that's got to be done. Tell your neighbor, there's something greater in my life. Oh, glory be to God. There's something greater. And so when we put ourselves in a position to allow God to use us through humility and submission and worship, we start getting a taste of the greatness he has for us. Remember, she's worshiping him now in preparation for the future. She, she may not fully understand what's going to happen in the future. Matter of fact, remember, they went afterwards. After he was dead, they went back again to anoint the body. Now realize she already did the job. Oh, glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. God knows how to work it out. He saw her heart. He saw her past that this is good. But yet also at the same time. When people are worshiping him and honoring him, you see that there's those who just don't like how you worship him. Yeah, yeah, y'all saw what Judas said, right? Uh, this is not right. She's wasting this good perfume. Oh, it, it, it's, it's a year's wage. It's 300 denarii. We, we could have sold that and given that to the poor. The commentary tells us. He lied. That's not what he want. He wanted more money in the treasury so it could be more money for him. It says that he's a thief. Y'all see that there in the text, right? Y'all see that Judas is a thief. He says two for you and two for me. That's how he's been counting. He put down five for you, five for me. He, he was taking money for himself. I, as, as I was studying this, something hit me as I was studying this that I missed before. He sold out Jesus less than that perfume would cost. See, when you worship God, you, you give him your best. You don't settle for anything. Judas went to the high priest, the same high priest that wants to kill Jesus, says, what will you give me? He basically, I, I basically I'm, I'm, I'm desperate, I'll take whatever you got. When you give God your best, hallelujah. He receives it. He receives it. He let us in. You, you always have the poor. But you won't always have me. It says when it takes six days before the Passover. I'm, I'm going to be leaving this earth. You need to spend some time with me now. The Jewish tradition was that death was important to prepare and take care of than for the living. And so he was pointing out to right now, this is the most important thing to prepare my death because it's for your salvation. But, but Judas was more concerned about getting money 
We need to be mindful the same way as Judas that we allow idols to get in our way of worship. That we allow our own personal preference, our own ideology, our own issues block us from seeing how we can be humble and submissive to God. See, we need to learn how to sacrifice. Judas was not trying to sacrifice. He was saying, Lord, how can I get more for me? How can I not give more to you? We need to learn how can I give more, sacrifice in a way that it hurts. Jesus is pleased with Mary's actions. And notice he comments on Mary's actions, not on Judas' actions. And then look what happens. It says, when all the people heard Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too. For it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. There was a word already out that if they, if they saw Jesus to tell them so they can go get him. There's a word out. There's a word out. The people didn't care about the word. They said, we got to go see the word. And they went to go see Jesus. Notice what draw them to go see Jesus because what he did in Lazarus. I want to encourage you. There's somebody that knows who Jesus is because what he's done in your life. And there's somebody that needs to hear a word from you so that they can know what Jesus can do for them. They will come and see you and ask you some questions. And so that's the time that you need to be humble and submissive to the will of God. And say, Lord, how can I be a blessing to this sister, to this brother, to this child? And share with them the goodness of the Lord. That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable, Lord, in thy sight. Help me, Almighty God, to worship you and bless you. Make it all about you and not about me. Help me to hide myself behind the cross so that they can see you for who you are. This is the opportunity that Lazarus, he did not say a word, y'all. He did not say a word, but people came to see because they realized God has done something. We need to go see what he has done. There's somebody that's going to come to your life and they're going to say, I got to see for myself what God has done in your life. And that's you can tell them, say, I, I don't got time to tell it all, but he's being good. <laughs> He's been better than good. He's been so good to me. I can't tell it all, but I can just wave my hand. I can just shout hallelujah. I can say thank you, Lord. He's been good to me. Is there anybody here that can testify? I can't tell it all, but He's been good. And so let the praises of my mouth be acceptable to you, God. I worship you. I adore you. I exalt your holy name, for there's none like you, Almighty God. I'm grateful that nobody else can do the things you done in my life. People may come around and say, why are you acting that way? You can let them know. I don't got time to tell you right now, but just watch how I live. I walk differently. I talk differently because how he changed my heart. There's been times I was ready to give up and give out, but it was his spirit that kept me. Oh, glory be to God. He is the reason why I live. He's the reason why I breathe. I will worship him. Every chance that I get. Live out your worship. Live it out. Bring God your best. Uh, bring him a sacrifice to praise. And say, Lord, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for all you've done for me. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you right now. I'm encouraging you right now. Just, 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 just think about how good he is to you. Just meditate on his love. 
And then in your own way, in your own way, y'all saw how how, how Mary and Martha was serving, one was at his feet. In your own way, you might want to stand up, you might want to shout, you might want to run around the church, you might want to get down on your knees, but just take the time just to worship how you want to worship him. Just take the time to worship how you want to worship him. This is just you and God. You don't have to worry about nobody else. Don't don't worry about the Judas around you. (laughs) Judas is going to get his. But you say, Lord, I'm giving you yours. I'm giving you yours. Lord, we surrender to you right now. We worship you.